It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rump. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to me, I'm older and I'm wise. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is gonna be huge. I believe this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. It's 4 o'clock. It's time for the Sports Rush, your daily sports fix here from 4 to 6. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith, sitting in for Brett Rump, who is down with the Mastodons, getting ready to call the Purdue-Fort Wayne versus IUPUI tonight at 645 here on 1380 The Fan. Joining me in the radio booth today is the one and only Adam Lundy. Adam, how are you doing, my man? Doing well. How are you doing today, Shannon? I am doing great in this rainy... Yeah. I I think every time I come in, it's either raining, snowing, (laughs) blowing 80 miles an hour. I don't ever see snow in here for or uh, sunshine uh, when I'm over here that much. But no. uh, today, the first hour, we got um, uh, Zach Osterman coming on from the Indy Star. We'll talk a little bit of IU basketball, which is kind of becoming a broken record of late uh, with all IU sports, that seems like. But we'll get his take on last night's defeat, then... Ben Boudreaux from the Fort Wayne Comets will join us to talk the Comets, and they've now gone from a 11-game win streak to now a four-game losing streak, losing last night to the Kalamazoo Wings at home, five to four. I was at that game, very painful. I thought, yeah, I thought about you because you said you were here doing the producing for that. Yeah, yeah, we were here. We were producing. Um... Started off really ugly. The comments kind of got back into it there and thought maybe we could pull something off there in the third period, but just ultimately couldn't couldn't quite get it. You know, last night, if you blinked, you missed two of Kalamazoo's goals. That's how quickly mm-hmm. they scored. And the first goal, and I'll I'll ask uh, Coach Boudreau about this, but um, it was clearly a defensive mistake in the D zone that allowed a Kalamazoo player to get loose and basically get a backdoor open net goal. Now, uh, Ryan Peranto last night played pretty good. I think only one goal that I would classify was bad, Um, but he stood on his head there a little bit in the third period to give him a chance. And like you said, they did come back. They played better in the third period. Drake Rimshaw had a chance at the end and, uh, Kalamazoo's goalie just made uh, unbelievable saves. So we'll get a little bit of take of Ben's position uh, thoughts on last night, and then they've got a big uh, road trip. They're playing four and five nights. They head to Wheeling on Friday, pick up Toledo on the way back on Saturday night, and then welcome Indy, the lead uh, the division leader, to the Coliseum at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, which I do believe it's a... 
uh, family skate night after that after that game as well. So big happenings there. Second hour, we're going to talk a little bit of Colts uh, head coaching search Zach Bowen from. Uh, the 107. Kevin Bowen. There. Kevin. I said Zach, didn't I? Yeah, I looked got at the Zach. Zach and yeah. Kevin. I'm sorry. All good. Kevin Bowen from 107.5, the fan, uh, down in Indianapolis. We'll have a little chat there about some of these candidates. Now, they've released a list. Have you seen the list? I have not. And, uh, well, it's interesting because, you know, in the NFL, you have to submit a list to the league office and the teams of the coaches. Mm-hmm. And then they are either denied permission to talk to them or granted permission. And usually if you look at the list, it's kind of the same list for every team. And so Denver's list versus Arizona's list, there'll be a few difference, but more than not, it's the same individuals that are kind of going through it. Uh, A lot of young guys, I mean, guys under 40, uh, which is kind of a trend that I think you're seeing in the NFL right now is some of these younger guys uh, getting opportunities uh, clearly before you would think that their time is uh, is uh, available for them to become a head coach, especially at the highest level of football, NFL. But with coordinators today, you're seeing younger and younger offensive and defensive coordinators. So those are the guys normally that are going to potentially step into a head coaching role. But we'll get Kevin's insight on that. And then, of course... It's Parkview Sports and Medicine Thursday. Eric Dut Dukevich, my partner in crime, from upon further review, will be coming on to talk a little bit of high school basketball, top five girls' teams, top five boys' teams at this point, not necessarily a power ranking, but kind of where they stand as we start progressing now. Uh, this part of the year starts speeding up because you get to the tourney time, right? Exactly. It's coming around the corner. And, uh, of course, we had the big game the other night, Blackhawk versus Homestead, which Blackhawk won in a in a rather surprising fashion. I thought it would be a lot closer. But, you know, so we got a, we got a jam-packed day uh, for you. And like I said, our, our uh, best buddy is Brett Rump is down in Indianapolis with the Macedons again. Calling their game tonight, 645 here on 1380 The Fan. You can catch that right after the coaches show uh, here tonight on 1380 The Fan. So big, big conference game for the Dons. And Brett Rump will have all the play-by-play for that one. And uh, we'll see if the Dons can get back on the winning side. They've been kind of up and down a little bit. But uh, I think tonight they've got a really good chance to get another victory. We talked a little bit there before IU slips to one and four in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, just uh, went into uh, Penn State last night and uh, didn't bring any of the fight with them. They got slacked. Absolutely. Embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, even Woodson in his postgame press conference was talking about, you know, didn't recognize the players that were out there. They were a day late, dollar short. I mean, all the things that you would <laughs> not want your head head basketball coach uh, describing the team that was out on the floor. Jackson Davis ended up with 14, and then the Bates kid came off the bench and added 11. That would probably be the brightest spot of last night. But he said it was just a ta- uh, total lack of effort by the Hoosiers. Penn State shoots 58% from the three-point range. And the way he described it and the way some of the game that I got a 
chance to peek at in between periods of the Comet game last night as they were over at the Coliseum, these were uncontested. I mean, these are guys that are just not even being uh, put a hand in their face, and they and they just lit it up with fifty eight percent. I mean, you got a team shooting that good at three point land, uh, you're probably going to lose more of the times than not because they they were just knocking them down. And no adjustment. No. And uh, at what point do we start to get concerned that these that these players at uh, on Indiana have already started to give up on the season? Well, you would hope not this early, since it's only five games into the Big Ten play. They still have a chance to get themselves in a position to hopefully make it into the tourney. I mean, I think Zach uh, will have a uh, pretty good insight uh, into it. I mean, his article... Uh, wasn't, uh, I would say, painting an overly rosy picture. Um, but, you know, I've even seen some things that uh, in the day of social media, you can follow some of these, you know, guys on, you know, on Twitter and Instagram and such. And you see a lot of, I don't know what, to, a kind of a laissez-faire type of attitude. Now, I know... Social media, Twitter, Instagram, photos, reels, whatever you want to, these are kids being kids at, to a point. But if you're a basketball player in the Big Ten and you're worried more about how you come across to your followers than you are about playing the game on whether it's Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Saturday afternoon, that's a problem. You know, and I think in some respects, there's just not enough discipline that is happening right now for the Hoosiers. And I, I, I mean, I'm interested to get Zach's take on that and see, because it's, it's in contrast, strikingly different for Purdue. Number three team in the country, you know, they've got it rolling pretty good, but you see a focused team. You see a team that goes out on the court that expects to win, that doesn't hope to win. And when it comes to playing defense, they get after it. And IU is not a team that you would say gets after it on the defensive side of the uh, of the ball. Would that be a? You think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I think I'd say that's fair. I, I would say that Indiana is definitely more of an offensive focused team under uh, Mike Woodson. And uh, if you don't have the offense, I don't know what you have when you're going against these opponents. And, and Big Ten is such a defensive. I mean, in my opinion, it's such a defensive based um, yeah. conference. So. You know, it, well, the Big Ten is like anything; it's a war. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be, you got to, you got to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder each, each game, uh, especially from a defensive perspective, because it doesn't get any easier. I mean, they got Wisconsin coming in, uh, I believe Saturday. Uh, that's not going to be easy. I think Wisconsin's ranked 18th in the country, so uh, we'll get uh, you know Zach's insight on that and see what he kind of. He kind of feels about the Hoosiers at this point. And as I just said, it's kind of like, you know, you struggled through a football season, and now it seems to be that the Hoosiers are struggling through <laughs> a basketball season. Yeah. And um, I don't know how long the faithful are going to be able to uh, tame their frustrations, let's say, in that regard. Talked a little bit about the comments, and again, uh, you know, like like I said last night, you blinked, they were down two zip. <laughs> yeah. Slow start again. You don't want to have to work yourself out of a hole. No, I mean, um, we've heard this before about the slow start that the Comets have had. And, 
And look, I'll be the first one to say the Comets have 13 players either called up or on IR. The Luca Berzan kid that went up to Cleveland, the AHL, he got hurt the other night. So even if he came back, he's not even uh, eligible because of his injury. And you can't make excuses. And I'm not trying to give the Comets excuses because you can't worry about who you don't have in the lineup. You got to worry about who you do have. But you got to adapt. I mean, kids, the players have got to adapt. And it'll be interesting to get Ben's take on some of that because there was a comment he made, I believe it was uh, to Justin Cohn, on Saturday after their divisional loss against the Walleye, where they got embarrassed 8-2 to two in the Coliseum, sellout crowd, basically. And one of the comments that uh, Ben made was, you know, he said, you know, here we are. We got a sellout crowd playing our biggest rival, and we're soft. <laughs> Not what you want to say about a style of hockey, uh, especially that is expected in hockey. Soft is not what you want to use to describe your team. So we'll get his takeaway on that. They're struggling at the power play. One for 21 over the last uh, four games. Was leading the league at 25%. They lost Peters to call up. That was a huge, huge blow for them. But big three coming up. We'll talk to Ben a little bit here in a little bit. Pacers lose last night to your Knicks. Big, <laughs> big six-point victory for the Knicks. Uh, they almost blew it, though. I'll tell you what. We were up uh, 21 or 25 at half. I don't remember. But it was 20-something. We were up at halftime. And I, I was texting Brett about it. And I said, don't don't consider us, uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to say Pacers are going to come back because if there's any team that can blow this lead, it's it's the New York Knicks. <laughs> well, and, and like you said, it was actually I didn't see it. Yeah, uh, I got to I watched some of the, you know, uh, recaps of, you know, mm-hmm. on video mm-hmm. and stuff. But, um, you know, Pacers really had the big two guys last night playing pretty well. Uh, Benedict had, what, 20 off the bench and uh, Buddy. uh Healed, had 31, right? He had 31 last night. Big night for him. So Pacers yeah. took it on the chin last night. Now they're 23-10 and 10 overall, now seventh in the Eastern Conference. And again, I think you're always talking with the Pacers. Are they going to make a move? Are they not going to make a move? You know, type of scenario. So it'll be interesting to see here kind of going forward with the Pacers on where they're going to be at here uh, as it pertains to possible trades down the ro- down the road, Boilers take on the Huskers tomorrow at seven. That also will be here on 1380 The Fan. Which a programming note because they will be on 1380 The Fan against uh, Nebraska tomorrow. High school basketball game of the week will be on stream. So 1380.com, you can find the find the stream for that. And they'll have the high school basketball game of the week. And I believe it's Homestead versus Snyder, boys and girls. So Brett Rump will have the call of that. So he's a busy man. Yeah, In basketball season, he's really busying up. So we've got all that. Then we've got the NFL wildcard games coming up. And um, this weekend, we'll talk a little bit about maybe that, get into that some in the second hour there. And what some news items that you have for us today? 
Yeah, a couple top stories for today. Lamar Jackson's availability for the Ravens wildcard round game against the Bengals remains in question due to a knee injury. Jackson was not at practice again today after he missed the first practice of the week yesterday. Still remains unclear who would start in Jackson's place in the likely event he doesn't play on Sunday, whether it's Huntley or uh, undrafted rookie Anthony Brown. Uh, Derek Carr essentially said goodbye to the Las Vegas Raiders organization (laughs) today. Uh, Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together, Carr posted today on his social media. Trevor Bauer was released by the Los Angeles Dodgers today, six days after they designated the starting pitcher for assignment. Dodgers could not find a trade partner by today's 2 p.m. deadline prompting Bauer to be placed on the release waivers that ultimately make him a free agent. The Dodgers owe Bauer his remaining salary of $22.5 million. <laughs> Those are your top stories. $22.5 million to walk out which door? Tell me which door to walk out. I'll be glad to walk out for $22.5 Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're going to step aside here real quick. When we come back, we're going to have Ben Boudreaux join us from the Fort Wayne Comets. But before we do that, let's check in with our partner in crime, Brett Rump. Hey, thanks, Griff. I just wanted to jump in and take a moment to tell you about Christopher James menswear. Here's what's great. Christopher James menswear is quality clothing that will make you feel like a million bucks for the common man. That's right. I used to think that I couldn't go into Christopher James menswear because, you know, that's for the really rich. Well, what I found out is with some of the special sale prices and uh, and all, if I'm going to go to a department store, I should go to Christopher James menswear first. That's what I've learned. And so you skip the department store. If you've got a special occasion, maybe it's a wedding, maybe it's uh, an anniversary dinner, any kind of special occasion you've got coming up. You want to look nice. You want to know that you're in fashion, that you've got the latest styles, that you've got the right fit. All of those things are part of the personal service you get at Christopher James menswear. And right now with the winter sale, you can actually save 25 to 50% off. Many of the top brands, top designers, and 25 to 50% off. Suits, sport coats, pants. I mean, it's it's all on sale right now. 25 to 50% off. Check it out at Christopher James Menswear. I look forward to seeing the people at Christopher James Menswear because I know I'll walk out looking better than I walked in. Christopher James Menswear. Covington Plaza, Jefferson at Getz. Welcome back to the Sports Rush Thursday edition. I'm the coach Shannon Griffith here in studio with my buddy Adam Lunday as we're trying to get uh, Coach Boudreaux from the Comets on our Masters in Heating and Cooling Hotline. So, as he's trying to do that, we'll talk a little bit about uh, upcoming schedule for 1380 to the fan. You got, uh, like I said, tomorrow, Purdue versus Nebraska. That's a 6 o'clock tip. And then the high school postgame show, again, is 9.15 tomorrow evening. But the the game of the week, the 1380 to the fan game of the week, now will only be stream only, will be Homestead versus Snyder, both boys and girls, 6 o'clock uh, tip. And then the Comets are in Wheeling, West Virginia, uh, with a 710 putt gr- puck drop for the Comets as they go on a little bit of a road trip as they pick up Toledo coming home on Saturday night. And then, of course, in- welcome the Indy Fuel, I should say the division-leading Indy Fuel, 
to the Coliseum for a 5 o'clock face-off on Sunday. And they're trying to break a four-game losing streak at the moment. Lost last night 5-4 to four to Kalamazoo. And, uh, you know, mentioned earlier, one of the big areas that they've struggled in of late is on the power play. One of 21. Um, I think a big part of that is losing Alex Peters. That hasn't helped them any. Uh, being recalled up to Bakersfield of the American Hockey League, as well as Adam Brubaker. He was also called up, and those two were pretty steady blue liners for the comments, especially during their uh, power play time. And uh, those guys were kind of the quarterbacks of the power play, were moving it well. And then, of course, Winkwiss was on a, on a hot tear, too. And of late, they just haven't had that same chemistry and you can understand with call-ups and such you just that's just what happens at at the echl level you're going to lose some guys uh back and forth between the ahl and the echl as well as how the injuries play in it marcus mckiver still on the ir matt bowden's still on the ir both without a definite return date uh from the last time that i had seen or heard anything and those are two big key factors of your lineup that's sitting in the stands jacob graves is another one that they just acquired from atlanta for the kate oliver trade earlier in the year and he gets hurt first game that he's in for the comets in toledo in a little of a fight against a former comet Chaz ruddy and he's got a finger problem. So you can see where the Comets right now are a little bit of a wounded bunch. And But I know from Coach Bujo's perspective, while those are all legitimate reasons for their uh, situation at the moment, he will not uh, buy that as an excuse. That's not uh, the type of coach he is. He understands that, like I said earlier, you cannot worry about who you do not have. You can only worry about who you got in the lineup. And those are the ones that you got to coach. And those are the ones that have got to go out and perform for the Comets. And last night, it took them about two and a half periods to really get going. Uh, and they came on late against the Kalamazoo Wings and unfortunately lost five to four in that, in that game, uh, to, uh, Kalamazoo. So we're still trying to get Ben. We'll, See what happens. I don't know what may have happened. You never know because <laughs> maybe he's on the phone trying to get a trade to get a guy back. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly a wacky world in the world of uh, minor league hockey. So, well, and you know, I look at I'm one of those guys, and I I I will admit it. Uh, I look at the transactions every day, and. And uh, I want to see who's coming and going. And of late, there's at least two to three guys from each team that are either going on IR or going up or coming down, you know, because right now in the AHL, you got injuries. And when you have injuries in the NHL, that affects you because those parent clubs in the NHL are going to end up calling some guys up from the AHL clubs. And therefore, you're kind of the one that ultimately, ultimately uh, has to suffer the consequences in some respects because it could disrupt the lineup. And losing Peters, losing uh, Brubaker 
on the blue line. And then, of course, I told you about Luca, who got called up to the Cleveland Monsters, the AHL. He was hurt the other night, so I don't know his status. So it's just not one of the things right now where things seem to be going all that too well for the Comets. And hopefully we'll get Coach on here in a a few short moments. But uh, like I said, they go to Wheeling tomorrow night, 710 puck drop on WoWo. Are you doing the producing of that, or are you doing the... High school basketball game this week. I actually think I'm off tomorrow night. Oh my goodness! Which is a strange occurrence. But uh, yeah, you better I'll, you better run and hide until they because if they figure out, uh oh, we made a mistake. Where's Adam? <laughs> I'll hide you. I promise. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, um, busy busy world in the ECHL. So I don't know if we're going to be able to get to Ben today, but we certainly appreciate his. You know, we he was available earlier yeah. today, so we appreciate that. Well, let's and, just hope for. Uh, for our sake, yeah. that it's nothing serious because you just never know uh, in this day and age what can transpire between now and then, or hopefully it's not something that's associated with the comments as it pertains to a player or something like that, but he's always been willing to come on, as has Shane. Uh, you know, they, they do a great job there with the Comet organization being openly open and uh, for being on the radio, whether it's with myself or Brett or whoever else is manning the mic and phone, and they do a great job of giving us insight because the Comets are a big news organization for a minor league hockey club because it's that important to the city of Fort Wayne. But uh, the other thing that's coming up for them, which is kind of cool because um, on uh, Sunday – uh, January 15th, they're going to do their uh, Martin Luther King MLK tribute night. And they have their special jerseys that they'll be wearing for that, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I've, I have I don't know if I thought I saw like the MLK bridge down to the, is a part of that or not, but I can't say for absolute certainty. Um, but they, they have the fuel that night for the MLK tribute night. And then, of course, the jersey auction, which is right after it. Um, is uh, always a big, big event. I'm always shocked about how much those jerseys go for. Oh yeah, Comets fans are always willing to throw in a couple extra dollars when it comes to those couple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking in some cases, depending on who the who the player is, it could be anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars for you know a game worn jersey, and so uh, that just kind of shows you the importance that the Comets have. When it comes to their fans raising money for the organ, you know, outside organizations, they do a great job with that. So, but uh, they got a big road trip coming up Friday in Wheeling, all on WoWo, Saturday in Toledo, and then Indy Fuel to wrap up the week uh, before we go into another week. So, we're going to step aside. We're going to get uh, Zach Ostrom in here. From the Indy Star, we're going to talk a little bit of IU basketball when we come back here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on Thursday afternoon. Adam Lundy, I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith. We're going to get Zach Osterman on here in a few minutes, but I was told... And maybe you can fill me in a little bit here, Adam. Once again, we've got some ticket combinations for 
a couple big items here in the Summit City, one being the Comets, I know. Yeah, so we have two uh, four-packs of tickets to give away. We have a, um, a four-pack of tickets to the Comets versus the Indianapolis Fuel, um, and that's on the 21st. Um, so if you'd like to win that, you can text FUEL, that's FUEL, F-U-E-L, to 46862. That's to win the four-pack of tickets to the Comets taking on the Fuel on the 21st. And we also have a four-pack to the Mitzvah Shrine Circus. That's coming up later this month. Um, and if you want to win that, all you have to do is text SHRINE to 46862. So if you want to win the four-pack of tickets to the circus, text SHRINE to 46862. The Comets fuel to 46862. So 46862, the text line, you will utilize FUEL, F-U-E-L, for the Comet four-pack. Another great setup. And then SHRINE for the Shrine Circus that is coming up later this month to the Summit City. And I believe as we were doing that, I think Zach Osterman's on the line. Zach, are you with us, my friend? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Last time I talked to you, you were heading down 31 to Assembly Hall to catch the... Hoosiers in a Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday night basketball game, if not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot longer ago than it was, but uh, well, right. I tell you, um, the Hoosiers right now are not uh, all that fun to probably write about or uh, even go to games. I mean, I saw somewhere they're using their they used their seventh starting lineup last night. Um, against Penn State. Penn State was on fire from the three-point line, and the Hoosiers really never contested them out there, it would appear. And um, they've lost six of their last nine. What is what is what is wrong or going wrong in Bloomington right now, Zach? Yeah, I mean, it's um, as it often is. It's, it's, it's no one thing. Um, I think... You know, if, if we're talking X's and O's, I think that this, this team's biggest concern is its defense right now, and and not just because they've struggled. I mean, they've allowed 1.1 points per possession or better against the last, I think, five high major opponents they've played. Um, but it's it's also that that was kind of what this team was supposed to hang its hat on. Mm-hmm. If you if you bought into Indiana as not even a preseason Big Ten favorite, but preseason top two, preseason top three, you were buying into Indiana being what they were a season ago, which was, in Big Ten play alone, the most efficient defense in the conference. Not always. It's tough to score on, you know, kind of rugged, starters bench, whatever. That's really never been there. And, and we can even trace that back to, you know, some of their wins. Primarily, I'm thinking about Xavier. Right. Um, you know, that. that they have not been the defense, the team defensively that they were a year, a year ago. Now, injuries haven't helped. Jalen Hutchinson being out for a little while. Trace Jackson Davis clearly playing through pain. Uh, you got two guys with, if you can include this season, they combined 11 years of college basketball between them on the bench right now with injuries. And I know fans don't want to hear that. Listen, it's, it's not an excuse. It's just saying you can't, you can't just replace what a Race Thompson or, or an Xavier Johnson brings. Um, but having said that, 
you know, some of these problems predate those guys getting hurt. And Indiana's just in a place where they can't get that defense right. And then when you start to kind of when you start to, to, to sort of string that out into maybe the stuff that's a little bit more intangible, it starts to get into conversations about, you know, frankly, how toxic it can get down here at times when the basketball team is struggling, when mm-hmm. expectations were high and they're not being met, and suddenly all this stuff starts to feed itself and it, it becomes a cycle that's, that's awfully hard to break. And, I, you know, if Indiana's got to manage the mental as much as the physical, I think, right now. Well, you know, and I agree with you. There, there are certain things that you're not going to be able to replace in a lineup that, you know, especially when you have a skilled basketball player out of the lineup. Um, that's tough to do. Um, but at the same time, you've got to find ways to worry about the guys that you have on the court. But they also got to play like they have a sense of urgency. One thing that I've noticed, and by all means, I'm no basketball expert, Um is their attention to detail seems to be lacking, especially on the defensive end. I think I think what it, you know it, what it feels like is that it's it can be there and it's not consistent. I think consistency has been, and again, you know, we can even if we sat down with the tape, we can even look at some of Indiana's you know good wins this season, some of their comfortable wins, some of their guarantee game wins in November and December, and. You know, point out stretches where it felt like they just kind of, just, 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 kind of got to where you said where just suddenly that the sharpness isn't there for a few minutes. They they almost kind of look a little sleepy and then they wake up. Um, I also think there's an extent to which this group, you know, just just feels pressure too much, and that's that's an easy thing for somebody to say. It's a lot harder thing for somebody to, you know. It's it's rec league soccer, but like I'm playing in my indoor soccer championship game on Tuesday night, and I'm, you know, I'm fighting down the nerves, just thinking, what if I let my teammates down? Now imagine you've got again an atmosphere within your fan base that suddenly here we go again. Everything, you know, they're going to let us down. Everything is terrible. Everything's a disaster. And I'm not blaming fans so much. I, I get where this comes from. They've 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 invested a lot and not gotten a lot out of it in the last, you know in 15, 20, 25 years. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've been around for a lot of that. I understand the root causes. But I think this group sometimes carries too much of that uh, on their shoulders. And so when things start to go wrong, when, when they're playing well, things look good. And, and you could see that at times, even in some of their losses, the way they started at Iowa, the way they finished against Northwestern. It wasn't enough to win the game, but it, they almost did mm-hmm. after obviously trailing big in the first half. But when it turns south, they can't just kind of stop it. They can't block it out of their minds and just keep playing. It seems like they get weighed down by their bad stretches. And, uh, you know, I mean, any coach in any sport will tell you, you just, that'll kill you because everybody's going to have them. Everybody's going to miss shots. Everybody's going to turn the ball over. Everybody's going to fumble the ball or strike out or whatever. If you can't put the failure out of your mind in the moment and just keep trusting the process of, you know, it's, it's going to eat you up. And I think that you see some of that. I mean, last night Indiana was only down, I think, five or six points without 14 minutes left. And then Penn State, you know, I think hit like, I want to say threes on like three or four possessions and suddenly it was gone. You know, and it, and it just felt like Indiana lost complete touch with the game. And, and it, that has been a factor, that has been a feature for this program for too long across multiple coaches, multiple rosters. 
And so it starts to be something where you just sort of ask the question of, well, how do you get that out of what feels like a little bit the DNA of the program at this point? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look at that second half last night. Penn State was 18 of 30 from the field, 60%, 64% from three-point. They hit 9 of 14. But Indiana, on the flip side, 15 of 33, so they were 45% from the field and 3 of 7 from three points, which is 42%. You know, that's a huge differential right there just in the second half um, of what they were able to do, uh, Penn State. And it all goes back to the lack of, you know, putting pressure uh, on them defensively. I mean, even Woodson came out last night, which I've, you know, pretty much said uh, – he didn't know what he was looking at, at on the court at times last night. That's not a <laughs> that's not a great glowing recommendation you want to hear come from the head coach's mouth. No, and and you know I think he tried at the same time to take a lot of that on himself and say I'm the coach, I'm the one that's got to get them ready. If they're playing like they aren't prepared, that's on me. Um, you know, and 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 you'll know better than me, you, you walk a fine line when you get a team in a situation like this between, you know, feeling like you need to challenge them, you need to, to, to push them to, you know, not play within themselves, not shrink or not panic. You know, I think, I think I mean, Indiana's turnover numbers have been up the last few games, and I think a lot of that has been suddenly feeling rushed and feeling like, well, geez, we can't figure anything out of the defensive end where we were supposed to be good, So now we've got to score a whole bunch of extra points offensively. We're going to start forcing things. We're going to start, you know, experimenting. We're going to start freelancing too much, not trusting ourselves, mm-hmm. each other, the system, the, 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 the methods that we've, you know, that, that we're supposed to make us so good. And again, then it just becomes a cycle of if you're the coach, you want to challenge them, but you also recognize, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's bad actors here. I don't think there's guys that are being selfish or, you know, sort of right. narrow-minded. They're just trying to get theirs. And so you... You don't want to just, like, hammer them because you can already see they're struggling with confidence. And how you balance that, and, and that's why, I mean, what I wrote after last night's game is that the mental side of this is a lot more important right now for Mike Woodson as the guy managing this roster than anything else because, yes, there are things schematically Indiana's got to clean up quickly. There's areas on the court where we can, we could, again, we could sit down with film and chart things and say that's bad and they need to improve. But I think this team's biggest sort of hurdle right now is, is the mental emotional side of things and not not letting uh, what what is ultimately going to be a, a you know building wave of negativity for a little while here consume them when to be fair there is a lot of season left and the big 10 is weird this year you got purdue at the top maybe michigan state you got minnesota way down at the bottom everybody else is a quality win most mm-hmm. nights and so all it takes is throw a couple of those you know you 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 find your way to go two and one in your next three. You're three and five in the conference, but you throw a couple. That's, I mean, that's that's still a couple quad one, quad two wins back on your, your your resume. You feel like you stabilized a little bit, and you can push your way toward February. Um, but I just I think this team, you know, just just this is the obviously not <laughs> nearly the stakes, but I, I think a lot about the uh, the old Benjamin Franklin quote at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which is when you. We must all now hang together, or we will surely hang separately. I think that's kind of where Indiana is, <laughs> at least from a, a basketball purely standpoint. I recognize nobody's declaring war on. Great no, players. right, right, right. Well, you, you got Wisconsin coming in Saturday. They, I think, they're 18th ranked in the in, in, in the country. I, it's almost as if 
that game has a huge price tag on it. Kind of going with what you're saying. They could either get a big win at home over a ranked team and get themselves on a roll, or it could be another loss and it's, you know, snowball heading down downhill as, as, as the saying goes. No, I, I think that's fair because, again, you know, you look at the week after that, it's at Illinois, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You know, then you, then you have the Minnesota trip, but the other side of that, you're, you know, I mean, you're, you're, February is more difficult than January was supposed to be. Now, it's, it's kind of hard right now to peg, you know, like who's good, who's not. Iowa was supposed to be terrible. They looked terrible when Indiana was running out to a 21-point lead. Then they beat Indiana. Then they beat Rutgers on the road. Yeah, you know, I, I, and then Rutgers turns around and beats a Northwestern team that's beaten Indiana and Illinois and Michigan State. So it's hard to kind of know what's easy and what's hard in the conference right now. And that's where I come back to the idea that, like, a big part of Indiana's advantage here is number one, they do have a quality non-conference road win, like a really high quality non-conference road win that a lot of teams aren't going to have on Selection Sunday. Number two, there is maybe not a ton of elite quality left in the Big Ten, but most games are going to do you some good from an NCAA tournament perspective. So if you can just get your feet back under you, settle yourself down, you, you might be okay. But the flip side is, again, talking about what's next for Indiana, even just these next three, Wisconsin at home, Illinois on the road, Michigan State at home, those are all games that are losable. And if suddenly you wake up 1-7 and seven in conference play, you know, I think I think we can all – recognize where right. that kind of puts you. So. Well, last question here, and I'm going to ask it, and I hate asking these type of questions, but sometimes I feel like it's kind of the elephant in the room, so to speak. Is is Woodson on the hot seat even though it's his second year? No, I, I mean, I would be really surprised. I, you know, I always sort of, and I you know, I know why people ask those questions, and I I I, I recognize, I always sort of leave caveats in for saying, like, listen, if, if, if just everything completely melts and there's just a complete implosion, you never know what could happen. Right. Um, but, you know, where his buyout is, how Indiana behaves as a program, uh, I would just be very, very surprised. I just don't think. And, and like, you know, to some degree, I, I'm not sure it's, it's, I don't think it's real healthy to fire coaches that quickly because it's, it's, you know, you talk about wanting a culture and you, you know, for example, you want what Purdue has, or you want what Michigan State has, or you sure. want, you know, you, you want that, that sort of that, that learned way of doing things that guys can lean on year after year and go back to, hey, we're struggling. These are the, this is how we get back to our basics and our way of doing things and our methods and all that. We can't have that if you're just constantly turning coaches over. No, that's and right. Yes, in the, in the portal NIL era, I get that, that, it's easier to rebuild a roster in some respects, but volatility generally leads to negative returns most of the time. And, you know, it was just a few months ago, a lot of people were saying, Mike Woodson's done a pretty good job. He got under the tournament. He got him a win in his first year. He's built a nice roster. He's recruiting well. He's gotten guys to come back. The team's clearly gotten better. They've taken on, you know, kind mm-hmm. of his, 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 his identity a little bit here. So it can't kind of, Swing all the way one way and then swing all the way the other. If if nothing else, what I always tell people is you just got to wait to the end of the season. And <laughs> because because the flip side is Indiana could win three of its next four. Oh yeah, and be you know four and four in conference with a couple more quality wins on the and okay they're not going to win the league at that point 
but everything's stabilized and everything's okay again. And it's sort of like you look back and say, well, what was everybody screaming about? It just, you've just got to see how the, the, the record ends. Well, hey, Zach, I really appreciate you coming on this afternoon, and uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday with Wisconsin coming into Assembly Hall. But uh, really appreciate you coming on. Happy New Year, my friend, and we'll we'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good, sir. Thanks for having, uh, thanks for having me, and Happy New Year to you and the family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That's Zach Osterman from the Indy Star here on the Sports Rush. Thursday edition, and remember, you've got the two ticket packs out there. Adam, why don't you remind them of that before we head to break? We do have a potential winner for the uh, Shrine Circus. We're, right. we're waiting for them to claim it. But if you still want to win the tickets to the – it's a four-pack to the Indy Fuel taking on the Fort Wayne Comets on January 21st, all you have to do is text FUEL to 46862. That's FUEL to 46862 to win a four-pack to the Indy Fuel against the Fort Wayne Comets January 21st. Yeah, that's a good hockey team. And, and again, four-pack of tickets, a good, good thing for buddies to go together or family. Uh, pretty good first hour there. We had a little bumps. We had to adjust, adapt and adjust, but we got through it okay. Oh, but yeah. uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back for the second hour of the Sports Rush, a Thursday edition here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.